What a blessing. Amen. Now, I'm not going to get up here and blow a lot of smoke like your pastor. But I, I do want to say this. Out of all of the music in this world, I don't believe there, there's any better than what you have right here. And I mean that. You can bring in all the groups you want to bring in. They can drive the biggest buses, the longest buses that they can find. But they're not going to beat what you got right here, right here. I appreciate Brother Aaron and the choir. I told you the last time that I was here that every Sunday morning when we get out of church, the first thing we do when we get home is to dial in Woodland Hills Baptist Church. And my daughter loves the music. My youngest daughter loves the music. My granddaughter loves the music. Now, usually my oldest daughter will go ahead and listen to the sermon. Uh, I've heard enough sermons in my day. <laughs> I love the music. But uh, no, we listen to Brother Charles, and he does a wonderful, wonderful job. I tell you, I appreciate him, and, and I appreciate the staff of this church. You, you couldn't have a finer staff in the world than you have right here at Woodland Hills. I appreciate Brother Case. I told him tonight at supper time, uh, his uh, series on, on, on uh, uh, Jonah uh, was tremendous. I appreciated that. We listened to that whole series. He did a great, great job on that. And, and you just have a great church. And I just want to say to you, I said this so many times that how much I love Brother Charles and Becky, but I want to say to this church, I love you. Uh, you are a special people. You really, really are. And it's always an honor. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I didn't need to come and preach. I, I told you last year, I felt like that mule that got out of the trailer and looked around and saw himself at the Kentucky Derby and thought, what am I doing here? Well, they brought the old mule back this year, but uh, I tell you what, it, it's not the preaching, uh, wanting to preach as bad as I just wanted to be with you. I wanted to be with you people. Uh, there's not sweeter people in the world that's been more gracious, more kind, more loving uh, to me than what you have right here. I remember when Brother Charles first came here. Uh, we were one of the first evangelists that he brought into the church. Uh, we came, I'll never forget when he uh, bought that little piece of property over there and was clearing that brush off to build a home and and used a chainsaw, and I'd come up here, and I'd chainsaw, and I'd chainsaw, and I'd stack brush, and I'd stack brush, and, and it went on, and on, and on, and, and then finally, one day, he decided it was just a whole lot easier to bring a caterpillar in. I thought, man, after two months of work, now you bring in a, a caterpillar to clean off the lot, you know, but uh, ever since the very beginning, uh, I, I've just fallen in love with you folks, and some of you that I met the very first time that I've come here, uh, you still mean so, so much to me, and I appreciate you so very much, and it's an honor uh, to stand here. But uh, Moss did a great, great job this morning. Charles, I think he's preaching better, amen? I think we'll send him for another surgery, and no telling what we'd get then, but he did a tremendous job tonight, I tell you. Uh, what a blessing, Brother Charles, and and Becky are, so thank you so much. If you have your Bible tonight, turn with me to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16. If I had to title a message, I'm not much entitling messages because uh, 
uh, I just never learned how to do all of that big stuff, and so I just put them together. But if I had to title it, I would title it Moving Our Focus into 2021. What are we going to be focused on? That's the important question. And so let's look, beginning in verse 13, it says this. This is Matthew 16, 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they say, Well, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah and, or Jeremiah, and others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said unto them, But whom do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Blessed are thy Simon for Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I will say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever shall be loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. And from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and how he must suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and the scribes and being killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offensive unto me, for thou savest not the things that be of God, but those things that be of men. What a tremendous passage about speaking about moving our focus from where we are into the future. I could stand here tonight and share tonight that many of us have experienced a very difficult year this year. Seemed like, especially in evangelism, in about February, everything just began to fall apart. That everything that evangelists had scheduled, it just seemed like just moments after moments they were calling and, and having to counsel because of the virus. Some of us, have lost loved ones through it all. Been a difficult year for many. Some have lost their jobs. Some have just gone through a very difficult time. But as the black preacher says, but God. God is still on his throne. Amen? And no matter how difficult it may be, no matter how that it may seem that sometimes that we may be falling or sometimes just simply hanging on by a thread. God is still on his throne. It's not a time to give up. It's a time to look up. And so what I want to do is I want to take this passage tonight and I'm not one of those that have preached for a long time and then say, I got some points. I'm just going to give you the points right at the beginning. Amen? But I'm going to give you three simple points tonight of what I believe that ought to be essence in every one of our lives moving in to this new year. If we're going to be focused, our focus has got to be right. 
Now, the first thing that I want you to notice is simply this. I believe that we ought to build everything upon the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice what Jesus asked the disciples. Whom do men say that I am? They say, well, some say this, some say that, or this. But then he asked that question. He said, but whom do you say that I am? See, that's the important question tonight. It's not what others are saying, but what are you and I saying that Jesus is? Peter makes that great declaration. And he didn't say you are a Christ. He said you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus comes back and he says, upon this, I'm going to build my church. He said the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He was not talking about Peter. He was talking about the declaration that Peter had made that Jesus was the foundation of who he said he was. So when we talk tonight about building upon the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ, moving into a new year, where does it begin? Well, naturally, it begins in our personal lives. It has already been mentioned today that no matter who you are, we're all sinners in need of a Savior. It begins knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. To admit in your life that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, that you cannot save yourself, that you're not good enough, but that Jesus can and that Jesus will. But it doesn't stop at salvation. I believe in order to go where God wants us to go, that not only must we lay our life upon the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ, but we need to continue laying that life on that foundation. Jesus talked about picking up a cross, but he says, let him come and pick up his cross and follow me. What? On Sunday morning. Wasn't what he said. He said, come and follow me daily. Daily. That means that you and I ought to strive that every single day that our life is a reflection of his life and who we are in Christ Jesus. Can others see Jesus in you and me? Build it upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. But I don't think it stops there. I believe that it moves not only in our personal life, but it moves into our family life. I believe that if we're going to be the people that God wants us to be, not only must we individually must live that life, but our families have to live that life. I know that I'm of the old school. Charles told you how old he was. I'm not telling you how old I am. Because you would know that I'm the old mule at the racetrack. But I'm of the old school. My friend, I believe that Christ ought to be the center of our home. I believe that a family ought to worship together. I believe a family ought to pray together. And I believe that a family ought to play together. The family is important. I'm one of those that believe and have been taught that, my friend, that God has a responsibility for each and every one of us in the family. 
I believe the Bible teaches that the father, the husband, is to be the priest and the prophet of the home. That he is to be the provider. He's to be the protector of the home. I believe that the Bible teaches a role for the woman. And I believe that he teaches a role for the children. Children are to obey their parents. We live in a society tonight that the devil's doing all that he can to destroy the family. And these young families are being torn apart because Christ is not the center of their lives. We must return Christ as a foundation of our family. It's not bigger cars. It's not fancier houses. It's not more money in the bank. It's to live our life for the glory of God. I don't think it stops there. I believe that you build your life upon the, on the foundation and your family upon the foundation, and it moves into the relationships that you and I have. I believe relationships are important. Fellowship is important. And I believe that those relationships that we have ought to be relationships that honor God, that represents Him doesn't mean that we do not mingle. It does not mean that we do not witness. It doesn't mean that we do not have a compassion for the lost person and those that are in sin. But it does mean this, that in the relationships that we have, whether it's with Christians or whether it's lost people, it ought to be built upon the Lord Jesus Christ. My prayer has always been, God, let my eyes be your eyes. God, let my hands be your hands. God, let my feet be your feet. Let my life be your life. God, help me teach and reach people as you would reach people. That's what God wants. He not only wants to be the foundation of our personal life, family life, and also our relationships, but I believe that he wants to be the foundation of our finances. I think that's important. My friend, what you love is what you serve. And we live in a society today that's so wrapped around greed and prosperity and, and, and the things of this world that we forget that those things that you and I have, that we're only stewards of what God has entrusted us with. We don't have it. I told you that the last time I was here. How Judell and I loved antiques. Oh, houses filled with antiques. But when Judell passed away, she didn't take them with her. My friend, everything that you have, everything I have one day will be left behind except for that which we have done for the Lord Jesus Christ. And the very best thing that you and I could do is take our finances and lay them on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ and say, God, what is it that you want me to do with that which you've entrusted me with? And then our churches, our churches ought to be built upon the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, it's not about what we want. It's about what Christ wants. Not my will, but his will. You see, my friend, listen, that just simply means that 
if you and I are going to move into the new year as God would have us to move, we put everything upon the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, how do you do that? I mean, that sounds good, but how do you do that, Brother Herman? How do you take your life and you lay it upon the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ? You take your family and you lay it upon the foundation. You take your finances, your relationship, and your church's life, and you lay it upon the foundation. How do you accomplish that? Let me give you three things. First of all, you do it by the Word. You do it by the Word. Not important what I say, but it is important what God's Word says. Amen? That's why the Bible said, thy word have I hid in my heart. That's why the Bible said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. This word is what we build our life, what we build our family, what we build our relationship. This is what we build our finances. This is what we build our church on, not upon man, but upon the word of God. Listen to me. You not only build it upon the Word of God, listen to me, you build it upon the submission to that Word. Oh. You see, the difference is not what we know, but what we're willing to obey. Oh, you can know a lot of the Word, but not obey the Word. You see, if you want the life that God wants you to have, then you're not only going to have to know the Word, but you're going to have to be willing to obey the Word that God shares with you. Don't tell me you love God when you're not willing to obey God. Was it not Jesus that said, if you love me, you'll what? You'll obey me. Huh. You see, my friend, listen. Submission to this word. I've said for years and years, my friend, listen, I remember years ago, I mean, us older people remember, I mean, the new movement. You remember when it moved into the 80s, the charismatic movement? And everywhere we went, everybody was asking, they said, are you going to preach any of that new stuff? I knew what they were talking about. They said, are you going to preach any of that deeper stuff? I knew what they were talking about. But my friend, I was convinced then, as much as I'm convinced now, that we don't need anything new, we don't need anything deeper, we just need to live what we already know. That's how you move. You obey the Word of God. Tell people all the time, we don't need no more, more sermons on salvation. Most of us have heard sermons after sermons after ser- sermons about salvation. We just need to obey to be saved. Don't we need messages on baptismal? My friend, I could preach a whole sermon on baptismal and the importance of baptism. Not that it saves you, but it's a sign of obedience of your saving. It signifies the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've often said that if you have a problem with baptism, you've got a problem with your salvation. Because it's a witness of what Jesus has done in your life. Now, there's people that know that, but they need to obey that. Not, it's not a question about whether we, we, we know that we need to belong to a fellowship. 
My friend, the Bible said that he so loved the church that he gave his life for it. The church is important. And I preach, and I know that Brother Charles has preached the very same thing that I preached for years and years and years, that if you are here and God has led you here, then you need to join here. But if this is not the place, we'll help you find the place because God has a place for you. But you need a church. You need a church. Not that we do not know that. It's that we know it and we don't obey it. And then you build it upon the Word. You build it upon the submission to the Word. And you build it upon the glory of God. That just simply means that our desire ought to be to glorify Him. Why do we do what we do? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Why do we do what we do? My friend, if it's not to bring glory to God, it's not about us. Folks, we're not going to impress the world. But as Charles said a moment ago, God can. It's all about him. And so you do what you do to glorify him. Let me give you the second thing, and I'm almost through, okay? That was point one, point two. Here comes point number two. Notice this is that not only you build everything upon the Lord Jesus Christ, but secondly, you've got to believe in the destiny that God has given you. You've got to believe in that. The destiny that God has given you. Notice what he said here. He said, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose upon earth shall be, lo- be loosed in heaven. You know what he's saying? He said, you're a winner, not a loser. Whoa. Folks, you know our big, who's our biggest enemy? To most of us, is our... It's ourselves. You just, you just got a bad impression about yourself. You are a child of the king. My friend, if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and you have put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to know that you are a winner. I used to tell kids all the time, back when I spoke to young people, I said, young people, I said, any, of, any kid can go with the crowd. Any kid can do what the world does. But it sure takes a bigger kid to stand up and say, I don't have to do that because of the Christ that is within me. You see, the Bible said that you're an overcomer. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. You're not a loser. You're a winner. And then the Bible talks about all of these things. The Bible said that we're great because why? Because we are the bride of Christ. The Bible said that we're seated in heavenly places. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. The Bible said that we have power over Satan. The Bible said that we have access to the Father. I remember years and years ago, I traveled with a family from South Texas and they did the music. I learned so much from them. But I remember going into fellowships, and Tom, we would always go around, and Tom would shake people's hands, and he'd say, how are you today? And invariably, somebody would say something like this, pretty good under the circumstances. And his reply was always, 
what are you doing under there? You see, God didn't call us to live under the circumstances. God called us to live above the circumstances. Sure, we have a troubled world. Sure, Brother Charles said a moment ago, sin abounds. Sure, there's so much unrest and so much anxiety in so many people's lives. But my friend, God is just as real today as he was a year ago. The Bible says he never changes. He's the same yesterday that he is today forevermore. Well, sometimes that's hard to grasp, especially when the circumstances come. Charles mentioned a moment ago the anxiety in his life and not having so much peace in this operation as he did the first time. And I thought the same thing so many times in my life. You know, I thought that things couldn't have been any worse in 2019. And then all of a sudden, 2020 came, and, and it just seemed like it turned the world upside down for us. And then along come about October, and, and my brother-in-law that's married to my twin sister passed away unexpectedly, just got up in the middle of the night, and by the time the ambulance got to the house, he was already gone. And I've, I've looked back at this year, and I thought many times, I said, God, I, I know that you're on your throne, God. God, I know you're just as real as... God, you've ever been. But God, just some way, somehow to just give me that understanding and that, that little push to go forward. You see, life becomes difficult sometimes. Some of you have gone through that. Like Charles said about the surgery, sometimes people say, don't worry about it, it's going to be all right. They're not having the surgery. And sometimes each one of us, no matter who we are, we go through circumstances that, that people say it'll be all right, but they're not in the midst of the circumstance. But God is still there. Sometimes we take big steps, and sometimes we take little steps. But what I find is important is that we keep taking steps forward. Keep taking steps forward. You see, God didn't come to put us down. God came to pick us up. And no matter who you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter your background, God loves you. God loves you. He loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son. She said, I only had one boy, and my little boy didn't live, and he died right after birth. But I can tell you right now that if we'd have had a choice to keep my little boy or to keep you, you would have been gone. But you see, I'm constantly reminded that God gave his son for me. He loved me that much. And you can't tell me that if God loved me that much that he could give his only begotten son to die upon that cross that God's not able to take care of us. That no matter the circumstances, no matter the trials that we go through, 
take another step and go on. The last thing I want you to notice in this passage is simply this. If you're going to focus on 2021, put everything on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your personal life, put your family life. Well, I tell you, I, I love my family. I'm still, I told you this one time before, I, I'm one of those grandfathers and fathers that I still send my kids a text every morning, 365 days a year, every morning when I pray for my daughters and my two grandchildren, I text them individually, tell them, I love you. Have a good day today. Somebody thought of you this morning. I changed the message because I don't want them to get so used to just seeing the same one every day. But I want my family to know that their daddy and their granddaddy may have never been a big preacher. They'll not remember the miles that I traveled. They'll not remember the meetings that I held. But I pray that one day that they can say, my daddy, my granddaddy, not only loved us, but he loved people as well. You see, it's important that our life reflect his life. It's important that you realize you're a winner, not a loser. And the last thing that I want to mention from this passage of Scripture is simply this, is that you've got to be a building block and not a stumbling stone. You say, where do you get out that? The first time Peter's mentioned, he's what? He's a building block. And Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Peter jumps up and he said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the And then Jesus makes that great declaration. Peter, he said, man, flesh and blood has not revealed this, but only my Father. And upon this, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And, and I'm going to give you the keys to the king. I mean, oh, Peter, he puffed his old chest up there. I said that. Did y'all catch that? I said that. Y'all didn't say nothing. I said that. But in the next few verses, Jesus begins to talk to his disciples about going to Jerusalem and dying, being buried and rose the third day. And Peter again speaks up and he said, no, 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 not you. And the Bible said he rebuked Jesus. And the Bible said that Jesus told him, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offensive. Thou savors not the things of God, but the things of man, of the world. One minute, Peter's building Christ up, and the next time, he's tearing Christ down. Well, that's so easy to do in our life. Well, we come to church on Sunday, and we sing, Oh, how I love Jesus, and then live like the devil on Monday. Oh, how I love Jesus. But then we asked God for something on Thursday, but we didn't have time for him on Sunday. I just wrote this down. Listen, you know what a good foundation is? A foundation that's laid upon the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what a sorry foundation is? It's a foundation that's laid on sand. You know what a building block is? A person that's part of a group. You know what a stumbling block is? An individual. It feels like he doesn't need anyone. I remember in ministry, people say, well, I'm like the long ranger. I don't need anybody. 
But they forget Long Ranger had Tonto. See, no matter who we are, we need somebody. A building block is one that's controlled by the builder. A stumbling block is one that's controlled by the circumstances around them. A building block is a helper. A stumbling stone is a destroyer. A building block is a giver. A stumbling block is a getter. A building block is one that shows love. A stumbling stone is one that shows hate and division. And I think that moving into 2021, we need to grow up. We need to strive to do right. And as Brother Charles said a moment ago, it's the time that we live what we try to share with those around us. Whom do you say Christ is? Because whom you say that he is, that's a reflection that people see in you. Let's pray tonight. With every head bowed and every eye closed. In this auditorium, there may be somebody here tonight that doesn't need another message on salvation. But you know that you're sitting there tonight that you could say to you in your heart, if I died tonight, I don't know where I'd spend eternity. I hope I go to heaven. I think I'll go to heaven. Maybe I'll go to heaven. But I, I cannot honestly say that I can walk out of this building saying that I know that I know. Well, the Bible says that you can know. We want to give you that opportunity tonight. We want to give you the opportunity to place your life upon the only foundation that will ever stand, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've never given your heart to the Lord, would tonight be a good night to do that? There's some here tonight that if you're going to go into 2021, then you're going to have to pull your family together. You're going to have to make some decisions. Is Christ going to be the center of your family? Or are circumstances going to control the way that your family lives? What's important in your family? There may be somebody here tonight that would say, Brother Herman, I've been a stumbling stone. I just want to be honest. I haven't lived my life the way that I feel like God wants me to live it. I know what is right. I know what God expects. But I want to be honest. I haven't been submissive to what I know. But I believe that this first Sunday, the third day of this year, would be a good day for me to begin again. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I, I'm not going to trick you folks. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. 
But how many of you would say tonight, Brother Herman, between Brother Charles's message about the little maid and being competent of what we share so that others could hear, and your message about building on the right foundation, God has spoken to my heart. And there's some decisions that I need to make decisions tonight before I leave this place. Would you pray for me? Would you just slip up your hand and let me see it? God bless you back there. God bless you, ma'am. Anyone else? Just raise your hand. Say, pray for me tonight. There's some decisions I need to make. And I know it. And God knows it. Anyone else? God bless you back there, sir. God bless you, ma'am. Anyone else? God bless you here in the front. We're going to give an invitation. Nobody's here to judge you. We're just here to meet God. We're going to give an invitation for you that raised your hand. I want, to, I, want, I want someone to pray with you. I used to tell people all the time, you don't have to tell me your sin. You don't have to tell me your problem. God already knows. But the Bible says that when two of you agree on earth as touching anything, it'll be done in heaven. Whatever we bind here will be bound there. Whatever we loosen here will be loosened there. And I just believe in unity of two people praying together. That just sets heaven into motion. I want to pray with you. So as the choir or the praise team leads us, let's stand to our feet. And if you were one of those that raised your hand, Brother Case will be here, Charles will be here, I'll be here, others will be here. Would you just come tonight and just let somebody pray with you? Would you do that? Come on as we sing.